Alright. Recorded. Right. Oh, uh, so we went with the fix. So the candy during this time, because, you know, there's actually a lot of candy stuff going on. Um, so nut goodies are basically like a whole bunch of nuts that's chocolate color. And they come like in little circles with like two or three. And um, the most popular candy during that time, during the 1950s, was the Pixie Six, um, wait, no, Pixie Sticks candy. Hmm. And another one, ironically, was the Atomic Fireball. Look in this. What? Nice. Yeah. Almost looks like a mint. Atomic Fireball? Yeah. Pixie Sticks? <laughs> yeah. And then, so during basketball during the 1950s, there were only 11 NBA basketball teams. Only 11 of them. And then it's, it's like 60 years old right now in the 1950s. And when they would shoot, you know, they would do the granny granny throw. They didn't have the over-the-head shot yet. They haven't figured that that out. They only did a shot from below their waist, right? Yeah. All the time or just for free throws? <laughs> Most of the time. There's a reference in the book where he's, I think it's a free throw. He yeah, he hits the free throw, which is on waist. I've seen, I've seen footage of guys shooting granny style. Um, at the three-point line. So, yeah. And then St. Paul Central's high school record was 22-5 and five that year. And this is actually, like, actual team. And they were suburban conference champs, won districts, and they actually lost to Washington in region. So they actually played Washington and lost, just like the Bucks. So they couldn't win the state championship. Yeah. And, um... And their coach during that time was Ken Flager. Oh, the actual coach during that time was Ken Flager. And um, since there's like, I don't know, since we were into winter um, in part of the book for December, like Christmas, um, St. Paul's biggest storm during December was five inches and did not get above 39 degrees. And its coldest was negative 20. So, yeah. Wow. That's it. Nice. And there was a religion building built there in the 1950s. I think it was Catholic. Well, they shot over their head. Look. Sorry. Is it? A bad, ugly shot. (laughs) But it works. It's hard to shoot. Who's next? You go ahead. Alright. Uh, let's talk about Callum's dad in this chapter. Um, there's a few spots where they start to go, grow a little closer. Um, I'm worried And what, what is it that brings them together? What's the thing they share in common that lets them start to understand each other? It seems like up to this point, they've kind of been almost strangers to each other. Mm-hmm. His dad's been really distant. Um, I think what's probably they have closer is, I don't know, they both are feeling pain of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like trying to help um, Richard, the girl's name, and then him losing his job. I think all kind of feel pain and like, like questioning what they should do now. 
you know, he's starting to feel kind of pride for mm-hmm. his son. Well, I think he's been feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's finally showing it because it's, it's his son's senior year and he's realizing well, he's going to be gone. Yeah, well, he's going to be gone and then also really doesn't it should be something else, but Mm -hmm. I feel like when um, his dad starts talking about the streetcars, talking about his feelings and opening up to Cal, that's important because he doesn't, you know, they talk about how he's always hiding his emotions, he's always sullen, doesn't talk much. Um, do you think that Cal's dad is being, is acting a certain way to uphold the stereotype of the dad in the 1950s? Yeah, because during the 1950s, I think men were told not to cry and not show emotions. And he's doing a good job of that at the beginning of the book. Not showing emotions and stuff. But I mean, sometimes you can see his emotions with, you know, him losing his job and him getting mad about, you know, the wrench made in Japan. Well, not that wrench, just something else. You're allowed to show their anger. Yeah. But not, not that. And I, I do think men can be over emotional in, in how they, they show stuff. Um, but. In Cal's dad's case, it's probably just the whole idea of, I mean, we talked about the history class, um, where they didn't even hug their kids mm-hmm. until getting into the later 1950s, 1960s, which is crazy to us, because who doesn't hug their mom at least, well, I hug my mom at least twice a day, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. and, um, and it's it's crazy to think about what um, what the culture was like in that way, um, and what they were expected to do. Uh, but I do think part of it's the war, because you can't show your emotions after war. You got to keep mm-hmm. you got to keep focused, and you got to show you can't show your fear, otherwise the guy next to you is going to be afraid. So. I think that's kind of part of it too. That's what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. He's probably thinking, if I cry, and I think that's that mentality. If I cry, then because there was so much weight on the father in those times. Mm-hmm. Um, if the father breaks, it's like the family's done for. It's like the last straw, you know. Which usually wasn't the case, but that's, I feel like that's kind of what the whole idea of not crying is. Yeah, that's what they're made to feel like. Like they have to be the ones to hold the family together. And if they break, it's done. Um, How about, uh, let's talk about how religion plays a role in the book. Um, Gretchen sees it from 
a bad side because her father is teaching her that she is doing something bad and that she's going to go to hell if she tells anyone or um, does anything to him. And on the other hand, you've got Cal praying for her and going to church and, and asking the priest to go. I'm a sinner now. I'm a sinner. I miss said and miss yeah, that's the it. words. That's that's interesting because we see Gretchen and she knows what her dad's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's got it so she's he's got her so messed up. She doesn't know that she thinks what she's doing is a sin too. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling some of it has to do with it sounds like the one the Reverend went over, he talked about them knowing their scriptures. Since her dad was facilitating everything, he was probably facilitating the things that they memorized from the Bible, the things that they read, you know? So they knew, but I do believe that she knew it was wrong. What her dad was doing is sin, but he somehow manipulated her to think what she was doing was a sin, mm-hmm. even though she wasn't forced into it. You know? Um, it's an interesting idea of, of rape, right? In the Bible, we look at it. Um, in the Old Testament, when that would happen, both became impure because of it, both the male and the female, even if it wasn't consensual, even if it was rape, right? So you look at that, and maybe that was something he was feeding into her mind. When we know now, it's, it's wrong, and God forgives and because of that, it's fine, but well, it's not fine that it happens, but it, like the person that is forced into it, it's we know it's not their fault. And we know that the Bible is against rape and against the idea of it. And we're not supposed to create them as an outcast. Even in the Old Testament, they weren't supposed to create them as an outcast. They were supposed to go through their purification. Um, but the guy was supposed to become an outcast because of it. So, but I do think... That's that's an interesting idea of looking at what the Bible actually says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryder, any thoughts on that? Huh? Any thoughts on that? <clears throat> so Avi was set up this really um, hard situation for Cal and Gretchen to get around because um, Gretchen's mom is still there and kind of crazy and she'll back up anything that uh, Otto says and then Otto can just say that whatever Gretchen was saying was because she was crazy. Um, what uh, What do you think it's going to take for Cal to convince the police 
are basically <laughs> evidence like um, with no video really video you can get his hands on what chapter are you on Edgar? I'm on chapter 24. Chapter you on Edgar? Just said just finished. You guys are leaving me behind. <laughs> We're supposed to do this as a group, not leaving me behind here. All right, here. Will Sorry, you finish right. the book now? Because that's what the group's doing. Okay. <laughs> I think it would take evidence like a baby or something like that. A frozen baby? Yeah. But no, no, but didn't he say he would like say that um, Gretchen killed her? The baby? That's what it is, right? Would, like, if... Not if Cal got it to the police first. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it could happen. Could happen. Uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe. Sorry, I guess that's what happened. I'll just leave us just <laughs> maybe. Read the entire book and just decide to say it, hint, hint. Maybe, maybe he gets it to the police and then Otto gets locked up for a hundred years. Maybe. He doesn't even. There's not even a baby. It's, it's a just doll. Pot roast. And it's a doll, and Gretchen has gone crazy. Yeah. And it's quite possible. Yes. Maybe I know. it's actually the good guy. You guys know the answer. And, and Otto's like, actually the good guy, and Gretchen's actually a psycho crazy <laughs> that actually wants to kill Cal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> confusing me now. You guys know the end of the book, and I have no idea right now. Abandon the book. That was word for word what happened. I kid, I kid. Uh, yeah, but no, Cal's gonna need some evidence. Evidence. Yeah. Like these, the call didn't work, and yeah, yeah he did, knows how. Did to, he really get to the part where he calls the? Yeah, I got an officer. Yeah, and he just stutters, <laughs> and then he also sent the um, pastor to go to talk to Otto, and it just seems like Otto can talk his way out. Well, it's very well, yeah, placed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I go and then yep, you can finish up? Yep. Okay. So on page 78, we see Lola and Cal going out. So this is miserable for Cal, right? Because it's the love of his life, but it's a fake relationship. Just kind of sad. Um, but he likes Tom and knows Tom is good for Lola. But he still wishes wishes it was him. He must find what is worth fighting for and what is not. Deciding the importance of friendship versus relationship with a lover is huge. So is he willing to take that next step, you know, and do so? And we see um, um should he take the step into the wild blue yonder? That's what I said. I, I like that. Okay, and then Lola seems like she doesn't even want to be with him. Well, she just, she doesn't want people to see him with her. Because we see that when he says, when I went up to Lola's door, she zipped out before I could even ring the bell. Like, she didn't want her mother to see who, who she was going out with. Okay, but the big question is, parents held a greater opinions on their children, on who their children should date. This is interesting because it seems like these standards were set high for their children. So like Lola's mother said, marry a doctor, marry a lawyer. That's what Tom's going to be. So stay with Tom. Mm -hmm. Tom's dad said, focus on your career. Don't 
get into a high school relationship, whatever. So the parents are setting the standards for the kids, and they're controlling what their kids do and think with their relationship. So I kind of want to talk about that in the 1950s. That was a, I think I feel like that was a huge part of the time. So what do you guys think about that idea? Parents controlling who the kids date. I mean, it probably happened a lot, but it shouldn't happen. I mean, I think it should have a choice. I mean, parents can guide them, like, hey, what do you think? Well, you should want to do this. Like, parents can help them out get to that career. Like, if they kind of, the kid chooses, like, I want to be this, the parent can help them get there and give them, give them advice. I think Maybe that's what they should do. I think the part of the reason for that, I feel, is because at this time we're still in a period where the kids leave and then eventually they kind of end up coming back to help care for their parents. Um, and they're, they're still very attached. <clears throat> and so the parents want what's best for them because that'll let them be successful and then be able to take care of the rest of their family them when they're old and can't take care of themselves. Um, maybe that's speculation. And that's not true. But I, I do think Um, parents were more value, evaluating it on the kids' future and not the character. And we still kind of do that nowadays. Because you want the good future, but we forget the importance of the character of a kid. Because we look at Cal, the kid. Cal has good character, as you read throughout the book, right? He's, he doesn't like to steal. He doesn't like to do bad things. He wants to help somebody out. So we get to see the character of Cal. So why would Cal's, or why would Lola's mother not want Cal to date Lola? Because they're looking towards the future and not the character of the kid. Because we can clearly tell that Cal's a good kid. Um... Okay, and then on page 97 through 98, we see Cal talking with his school counselor, who's also the basketball, well, the JV basketball coach, basically. Um, he wants to find out what he can do about Gretchen, um, but he does remain as discreet as possible when talking to his counselor. Um, this passage is interesting because he struggles with the idea of helping her because he does not know how he can, but he wants to. And he wants to respect her wishes. Okay. And we see this um, when he talks to the guy. He says, no, it's not about me. What if I knew a kid who was being beaten, but the kid didn't dare tell anyone? What could you do? It's like he wants to do something. And he knows he has to tell somebody else um, for something to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, he's not sure. Um. 
in this culture, like we see through this passage that like the counselor's like, well, it's not unusual for parents to punish their kids physically. Um, but he still wants to help her because he knows it's over the board. Kids shouldn't be getting bruises from their parents. Okay, and then how does this picture of, because we see the humane society come, I don't know if Ryder's there yet. Maybe it decided to go ahead of me. Well, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it, well, because he's not eager to learn. I've been going what? the pace we've been choosing to go. We are eager to learn. Right. Okay, okay. So the dog, I just kind of wanted to talk about how this relationship feels with the dog. Because there's still, they talk about it at the table. Cal and his parents and his sister, how terrible it is that the dog's feet. This is the same kind of idea, though, because that was pretty okay back then, too. But they, it wasn't okay. It was kind of like, it was legal, but it wasn't legal morally so i kind of want to talk about the moral idea of beating like back then and being able to sit there i don't know if that makes sense but kind of trying to say a lot of things at once here but like he knew it was wrong so he wants to change it but in that society currently that wasn't wrong well, it was wrong to the degree that her father was doing it because of other laws, but not because of punishment. It's like there's this disconnect between what's morally wrong and what's actually legally wrong and punishable. That's what he's struggling with, and he doesn't know how to get around that because... Just like, I don't know, African American rights and the time, you know, they can be discriminated against and it's technically against laws in a lot of places, but it's not enforceable. Um, so, yeah. Something else I think that he really struggles with is that there's all these adults that are around, they're seeing things too. Um, not maybe so much with Gretchen, although Gretchen's mom should know. Um, <clears throat> but like with the dog, it's not like Cal is the only person that lives in this neighborhood. And yet he's the one who's choosing to do something about it. And so I think he's really struggling also with why is no one else saying anything and stepping forward to do something kind of that you know is it supposed to be me or am I also just supposed to ignore it all and let it continue to be what it is and I think that's why I really enjoyed this book this is one of the better books I've read in a while I really like Cal's character mm-hmm. as I'm reading all the way throughout the book even when he's breaking the law by I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you. That you'd be there. To where he starts to steal liquor, right? Hide it. You're at that part. Yeah. Okay. So even though he's doing that, it's for 
the good cause, and he even says he's going to get it all back, right? Um, so that's, I think that's interesting, because we see his character all the way throughout the book, which I really like. Um, if, Elliot, do you want to? Um, yeah. A few more questions. Um, you had mentioned Cal's relationship with Lola. So right now, he's in, by the end of 24, he's in a official relationship <laughs> with Lola. Um, how is, do you think this is going to affect how he sees Gretchen? Do you think he uh, ever saw her as you know, more than someone he was helping at this point. <laughs> Why do but I okay, for the record I have not finished the book. Just wanna get that out. But I'm yeah. I'm like I'm like three chapters. Okay. Oh, okay. So he so falls I, with her, doesn't I he? don't this conversation <laughs> doesn't do any because I still have hopes and dreams for this book. Mm-hmm. And um, but I don't really think so because I don't really think he looks at her yeah. as that way. I think he sees it as somebody that he feels really terrible for. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to help. Yeah, up to chapter twenty-four, he's just trying to help her, and he's just because he. I think he feels bad, and I don't think he has any love towards her. He's just trying to help and be a good person. Yeah, I would agree. Um, one of the some of the few times that Cal's father gets happier during these chapters is talking about um, helping McCluskey's dog on uh, page one seventeen. Um, and when he's talking about Hotfoot and how he knew about him, he didn't say anything. About what? What is that before or after the chapter 24? It's before 24. You're right, you should know this. No, what did he say? <laughs> Hotfoot? Yeah. Yeah. His dad knows about yeah, Hotfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. The rabbit. The rabbit. Yeah. Um, why do you think those little things bring such joy to Cal's father. So it's little things, not um, Cal winning games or um, he's talking about street cars. He's he's proud of his son, but then he's also like, it's it's just happy that his family is in a position where they're eating every day, food on the table, even if it is leftovers, five out of the seven nights of the week. Um, he's, he loves animals, but he's like hiding it. He's happy that his family, his kids would want to help something, because I feel like he probably feels the same way, well, or was the same He way. helped out with a dog, uh-huh. and so they kind of, that family has a connection with like, you know, helping people out. I mean, so far they only have helped out animals, not really people yet. But, yeah, you see the same convictions in him that you see in his kids, and I feel like that would probably 
you probably saw the rabbit and was like, oh my god, that's my kid, so that's pretty cool. And you probably had that sense of pride in it, just like you had the sense of pride when you saw Cal when he was driving his streetcar, because this is, this is who I am. That's kind of the whole idea, and just that his kids get to take part in that, I think is huge. Was the rabbit before the dog, or I can't remember? Because the rabbit was one of the first well, things. Was yeah. He, did he no? Did he find out about the rabbit beforehand, right? Yeah. Before the dog. Before yeah. Because I wonder if like him seeing his kids help out a rabbit made him help out the dog. Could have. Could have. That's yeah. He would have seen the rabbit before they let it go. Yeah. Which was one of the first things, and then the dog gets helped. Gets helped much later. Yeah, and I like I like how the whole the whole family they're like not mad about it because Peggy'd been stealing carrots for forever. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I saw a couple of carrots walk out of here. But it wasn't like something she got punished for. It was something that they all agreed on. Yeah. All right, that's all I've gotten. All right, sweet. <laughs>